Amazing. All right. Good to see you all in the room. It's a beautiful day here in San Antonio, Texas. And we have lots to talk about in the world of ChatGPT, artificial intelligence. Yesterday, ChatGPT4 was released. Give me a thumbs up if you had the chance to see the live stream where they talked about it. I see Andrea, she watched that. Okay, so, and then Farhan as well. Okay, so I think it is really important for us novices in AI, but experts in business, to understand what are truly the differences between ChatGPT 3 and 4. 3 and 4 being the language versions of this model. Well, according to OpenAI itself, if you go to their website, they say that ChatGPT 4 is OpenAI's most advanced system producing safer and more useful responses. So if you had been on the live stream yesterday, you would have seen a few examples where that was the case and two were pretty impressive. As you know, one of the big changes is that ChatGPT4 can now ingest use imagery photos as input. And what is really powerful is that the model can analyze and describe what the image shows. And then comes the next step, right? Because that is only the first step. The next step is take that visual representation and match it against knowledge, against theoretical frameworks. And they gave a preview in that yesterday as well. Okay, so one application where that is, of course, very powerful is in medicine. Because if you can imagine that a radiologist can now take an image, say, for example, of a breast cancer screening and upload it to AI that recognizes and describes in high detail what it sees, probably beyond the human eye. And now that description can be taken and matched against all the knowledge that exists about breast cancer and then output a prediction or some help for the radi radiologist. That is extremely powerful because it saves time and it cuts cost and thus it makes screening way more accessible to more people with less humans that have to support it and i think that is very powerful give me a heart if you think this is one way how ai can clearly make the world a better place and chat 4 is bringing that technology to the masses by creating a way for everyone to interact with it, not only through that 
website that most of us are using, but also by connecting computer programs. So yesterday, I saw a segment on CNN where a radiologist spoke about exactly what I just told you. I'm going to play that segment. I think it's three or four minutes long. And I want you to clearly listen to what this doctor said before the release of ChatGPT4. Okay, so he had no idea that this was going to be made available to the masses. So let's listen in. In how this AI works. Well, AI is, 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 is a tool that machines use uh, for uh, looking at images and coming up with uh, comparing those images to images that have already been recorded in the machine for being able to identify, uh, you know, abnormalities. Uh, and it's used very widely in many, many areas of, of science and, 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 uh, and business and many other things. So here the application is this AI technology to look at mammograms and identify areas that a human radiologist may want to look at more carefully. Okay. It's called computer-assisted detection. It's actually been around since the, uh, the late 1990s. But the technology is always improving. It's getting better. It's always getting better. Can, I want your read on this uh, image. Here are some side-by-side -side images of uh, what MIT did. They used artificial intelligence to predict breast cancer. On the left side of your screen, you see an area in a woman's breast identified as high risk. Four years later, doctor, that is cancer developed, right? And the point is, a doctor, human eyes might miss that? Well, there's, there's lots of abnormalities that you, that's, that, you, uh, that you see. They're not really abnormalities, they're changes that are not really cancer. And you can't call everything cancer because then anybody going for mammogram is going to need a biopsy and you know, you, that's, yeah. that's not very practical. What this work at MIT and the Massachusetts General Hospital and we're collaborating with them at Memorial Sloan Kettering uh, does is uh, it identifies risk is can tell a woman that you're at high risk for developing breast cancer before you develop a breast cancer. See, one of the things that humans can do that machines can do is order special tests, things like contrast-enhanced mammograms and, right. and, and MRIs uh, and other specialized tests that, that can be used. The other thing that humans can do that machines can do is to look at previous mammograms and see if there's any changes. And so, and so better than a human eye can compare two images. Uh, it, it, we've got to think of AI as a tool for getting, uh, for helping the radiologist look at the images better. But it's, it's not a standalone test. In other words, it's not going to replace a radiologist. So what do I do, or anyone watching? What do they do if they get this? They're told they're at higher risk for breast cancer. We obviously all think about that gene, where right. some people get elective mastectomies to prevent against right. BRCA1 and BRCA2, yeah. So what it, would well, this tell someone to do? How do you act on that? Do you just get more mammograms? See, it's, it's medicine. You have to make individual judgments about individual people. And, and often we do other tests, uh, such as contrast-enhanced mammograms, MRIs, other tests. Uh, people sometimes should go for testing to see if they're carrying an abnormal gene to see if they're at high risk. Uh, and, and all those things become a very important part of the consultation. So you can't give a blanket recommendation to everybody. Yep. It has to be individualized. Okay, so give me a reaction in the chat if you found that extremely interesting. The doctor spoke about computer-assisted technology. <clears throat> That's how he explains artificial intelligence, and it helps identify risk. And he also talks about the value of the human doctor versus AI. And what is really interesting to me is this situation where everyone, there's like this 
for lack of a better term, love-hate relationship with what AI can do to us as humans who are employees, who are self-employed and who to some degree fear that will be replaced. And I think you could even hear that in, in his response and his reaction. He said something else that is very important, though, which I believe is true. He said, you know, the AI cannot, at least not yet, say, okay, based on me knowing this patient, I now know which other tests to order. And I know now know what to t uh, compare this present test to. And uh, that's referred to as domain knowledge. And we, we, ha we need to have that in business, in whatever we do, because otherwise AI is just really a tool that is going to be way too powerful for us to do anything intelligible with it. And I think that is what most people will fall into that category. They have access to this amazing, powerful technology and they just won't know how to leverage it because this access to such an extreme power of knowledge and reasoning is something that many of us, I believe, are not going to be able to harness correctly. It is literally like taking someone who has just passed their driver's license and put them into the seat of a Formula One racing car. It's the same. They will likely not even be able to start it and make one round. Give me a reaction in the chat if you think that is an accurate uh, prediction. Andrea agrees. Okay. Now, on Saturday, just, just as, a, as a, a parenthesis here, on, on Saturday, I have a, a webinar, 10 a.m. in the morning. You can click my face and use the link in my profile to sign up. And I will tell you how I use AI, the power of AI, to come up with a script, a problem statement, and then we'll use AI to render a video for business. Okay, it's a whole thing. If, if you go to my featured section, you see a video that I rendered with AI. So um, go check that out if you're interested in that. Now, going back to the uh, presentation yesterday from OpenAI, again, what was so incredibly impressive was that the guy had basically on a simple piece of paper drawn a wireframe and not, not even in very clear strokes, a wireframe of a website. It was supposed to be a joke website. It had a title, a mid-section where a joke was presented, I believe, and then something else. So he took that picture, image, uploaded it to ChatGPT4 or to GPT4. And then because GPT4, so the image was described, right? 
GPT knows to say, okay, I see a visual representation of a website. There is this title, there's this in the middle, there's this at the bottom. So that is the language model doing um, the description of the image. That is the, the new feature that was released. But it also knows about coding, and that's where the power comes in. Because it was able to output code that implemented what the picture represented. And basically within, I don't know, within two minutes, a functioning website was coded and was shown on screen. Now we can only know, we can only <laughs> imagine what that means to the industry of web development and web design. The website builders will get so incredibly powerful that they will be able to take care of 80% or maybe 90% of the use cases of what a small business needs. The times where you could charge $2,000 for a website are, are long gone and they will be like, that's going to be a thing of the past. Nobody will accept paying anything like that anymore. And that is something where, for example, if you are a web designer and a web developer, and by the way, I own uh, a marketing agency and part, we are part, uh, partly concerned with that. If you are making your money like that, then now is the time to realize, okay, I need to pivot here. I need to learn this technology. I need to look for tools where I can leverage that. Otherwise, I'll be out of business. I'll be made obsolete, right? So this is where it's important for us business owners to understand when do we need to take the next step? When do we need to pivot? When do we need to be open-minded enough to not miss the train for what's next? We don't want to be the equivalent of uh, Radio Shack who missed the uh, online e-commerce wave, right? Or what's another good example? Uh, the name escapes me now of the department stores that used to dominate the US and they then Amazon came along and they completely, they went bankrupt, you know, because they didn't see that change coming. So it's the same the same thing. The other thing we saw yesterday, which was very powerful in that OpenAI presentation, was the showcase of how you can give GPT-4 a theoretical framework. And in this case, the tax code was uploaded, right? The tax code. A theoretic, theoretical framework... And then you give it a problem statement. The problem was, okay, there's a husband and his wife and they have a combined income of this and that. And like, basically the task was to reason and calculate the tax burden. And it was just incredible how it did that. <clears throat> so if you go to the homepage of openai.com and go to product GPT-4, you see a simpler example that might be more applicable to uh, what you have going on in your lives. Like, for example, 
um, you can tell it, okay, Andrew is free from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Joanna is free from noon to 2 p.m. And then 3.30 p.m. to 5 p.m. Hannah is available at noon for half an hour. And then 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. What are some options for start times for a 30-minute meeting for Andrew, Hannah and Joanne? Okay. Now, if we had to do that as humans, we'd probably put the three names next to each other and then draw have some kind of visual representation where they like kind of like a, a Venn diagram and see where the intersection is. Chat GPT outputs. Okay, Andrew is available from 11 a.m. to 3, Joanne from 12 to 2 and 3.30 to 5, Hannah from 12 to 12.30 and 4 to 6. And the common availability for a 30-minute meeting is 12 p.m. to 12.30. So taking the language and find the intersection of that is very powerful. I remember the days where, you know, before I came to the United States, I was a police officer in Luxembourg, small country in Europe. And uh, my uh, chief, he spent <laughs> probably half of his time managing the schedule for for a, a team of about 20 people you know trying to find where where can this person have have off, time off and i still need six people available to patrol in this area so applica applications like these is very powerful very powerful uh, applications um okay so i think Let's see. I think that's what I wanted to cover today. Um, is there anyone who wants to kind of throw in their perspective into this conversation? Maybe you have seen the live stream as well, or maybe you have other ideas of how this can be applied to your industry. Raise your virtual hand, please. Raise your virtual hand and I bring you up on stage. I don't see any virtual hands. That's fine. So I invite you, if if all of this, I don't know at what level you are, have you even signed up for ChatGPT yet? Maybe you haven't. For those of you in the room who have not signed up yet, give me a laugh emoji. You have not even signed up for ChatGPT yet. Do we have anyone in the room like that? Sabrina, you gave me a thumbs up. I don't know if that means that you are one of those. No, okay. So maybe all of you have signed up. That's great. So I encourage you to interact with it daily. Take half an hour every day and push your boundaries of what you think is possible. Because I think that is, for most people, the, the biggest problem is that they don't even think about asking such thing because it's just in our brain a concept that is so far away that they're like I'm not even I, I don't even think I can ask this so we don't so we need to erase all of all our preconceived like assumptions about what this technology can do and interact with it daily and recognize how we can apply it to our business lives to have a good impact to make sure we don't become 
that business owner or that business <clears throat> that is at risk of becoming obsolete because either we are not efficient enough or we completely like we have we have a product that is just completely not in demand anymore because it has evolved that much okay well thank you for your time and being with me I have a lot of fun with these segments. Um, follow me if you are not already. Um, I will definitely... I, I do these AI for Business um, morning segments Mondays, Wednesdays and uh, Fridays at 7 a.m. Central Time. And I'll just uh, make sure you are always up to date in a way that is digestible and not not too tacky okay we just want to have understand how does that apply to me and how can that help me in my everyday life awesome well i'm gonna play some more music and uh, then i'll see you again on um, friday and maybe some of you in my ai master boot camp <coughs> On Saturday morning, go to aimasterbootcamp.com and sign up. It will be a live Zoom session, 75 minutes. All right. Thank you and goodbye for now.